Pastor Buzzer used to say, Big John, chapter 14. We're going to look at a verse that we opened with last week, or two weeks ago. And just, just uh, we're, we're, what we're doing is not, not so much teaching or giving new information, but just pressing in what we already know, emphasizing, prioritizing, setting our life in an order or a cadence, administrating it so that first things are first. Where we like what God likes, and we don't like or don't regard what He doesn't like. You know, that's the perfect Christian right there. Every day you and I wake up, and our whole day is set on what priorities we establish. you you got more to do and more to have and more to pursue, more to think about, more to dream than what you can physically in a 24-hour day, and then you take off a little sleep. If you're Barry Paul, you take off for very little sleep. Hallelujah. But you, there's more going on, so you have to prioritize, and the squeaky wheel gets the grease, as they say, generally. But that's not the way we are. We prioritize our life. We seek first the kingdom of God. And all the things that other people are pursuing are added unto us. Amen? Isn't, isn't that the life you're after? It's the life I want. Is uh, not just to go to heaven. I want a powerful life here on earth so that when I step over into heaven, it's just a, it's just a step. It's not like, oh, when we get over there, you know, someday it's going to be fine. Someday troubles are going to be over. And someday, No, troubles are over here. Troubles are over here. We have a power over the devil. We have power over, uh, we have dominion over uh, things and everything that creepeth. So in chapter 14, Jesus, the Lord Jesus himself said something that is beyond believing with your intellect. You cannot get this in with your, with a regular mind. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 12, he that believeth on me. Well, how many of y'all know that's us? I believeth. He that believeth on me, the works that I do. Well, what works was that? Well, it's all the works that we see recorded in the Gospels. And there's a slew of them. Blind eyes open, raised from the dead, everything that you can imagine. And then uh, at the end of, I think it's the Gospel of John, might not be, but uh, it says, if the things that were written down, that all that he did, it would fill all the world with the books, the, the recordings of it. So he said, the things that I do, the works that I do, shall he do also. Say, me too. Come on. Me too. So when you say, well, what am I supposed to do as a Christian? Am I supposed to go to church every Sunday? Am I supposed to be good? No, you're supposed to study the works of Jesus and go and do likewise. That is, that is our calling. And in the doing of it, in the so doing of it, then we have a marvelous and a supernatural life. And our needs are met. He said, the works that I do right now shall he do also. And then comes Ephesians 3.20. And greater works than these, greater works than the works that he does, shall he do because I go unto my Father. And we know, they didn't know, but we know that's because he sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit now is not just hovering around here and there. He's inside of us. And he is the radioactive source of heaven that's inside of us that empowers us to absolutely live above the natural. We're in the world, but we're not of this world. And the life that's in us is the life that God lives. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. What life is that, Lord Jesus? It's Zoe life, life as God lives it. God's not got any troubles. He's not swatting flies. <laughs> he is winning everything. 
And so uh, 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 13, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name. That whatsoever is a troubling, troubling uh, 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 noun for so many people. What The whatsoever. He should have said a few things, or, or occasionally, or as the Lord wills, or is. But he said, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, the name of Jesus, that will I do, that. What's the that? The, that whatever you ask in his name, the whatsoever that you ask in his name. He said, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In other words, so the Father can keep his word. We got, actually, we've got the Lord in a pinch point. He said this, and then he said, I am only as good as my word. If I don't keep my word, I'm no good. So I'll keep my word. If you'll ask in my name, Jesus said, the Father will keep his word. Well, I'm afraid to ask the Lord. Well, pants on fire. You, you're scaredy cat. You, this is not going to work for you. You got to get out there. And the only way to have enough boldness, in other words, to have enough initiative and prerogative to get out there and ask God of something that's just wild and untamed, that's off the charts, is you got to be stirred up. You got to be stirred up all the time. You, sometimes you got to pray to see what to pray. Y'all ever heard that? You got to go say, Lord, what do you want me to pray? And he'll tell you, I want you to pray about this. Well, you go, Lord, why, if you know what you want me to pray, why don't you just do it? Because there's an order to the kingdom. There's a system to the kingdom. There's a protocol to the kingdom. And it's got to be done according to the kingdom. That keeps the devil out because the devil can't just uh, do what he wants to do. He can't follow the protocol, but we can. So we pray and we ask in the name of Jesus to do things. And he said, I'll do it. And we know in other places it's according to his word. You know, three pink Cadillacs is not in his word, so, or whatever. And he said uh, in verse 14, then he, he went back and emphasized it. If you didn't get it in 13, if you, if you said that's a little fuzzy, he said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It's amazing. It's amazing. This thing is a blank check on the bank of heaven. It's just a blank check. And he's, uh, he, he has signed it. He's endorsed it and said it's good, you fill in the amount. Well, people don't like that. They like a limited, little, uh, regular guy God that does things like we do, that's kind of that's looking down and, and analyzing all the time, saying, golly, I wish he hadn't done that. I'm going to have to whack him for that. That's how, they, that's how people think God is, but he's not that way at all. He loves all of us. <laughs> How about that? How about that? Well, so what if this was true? This is what we asked two weeks ago. What if this was true? What if this was the truth? Well, then we might have to believe it. Because... <laughs> you're already believing he that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's how we all think we're getting to heaven. So if that's true, and we want that to be true, what if this was true? It's true. And you and I are going to road test this thing. And we're going to walk it out. I already know from my giving, my experience with giving, and I have several years of giving. I've been giving since, uh, you know, back early 80s. Uh, Actually, in the late 70s, I started giving as a Baptist. Boy, I started giving, and I was uh, real impressed with my giving. Because, <laughs> I mean, I gave God $200. I remember the first time I gave, it was $200, and I was really impressed. I really thought the church was going to call me and say, woo-wee, but they did not. <laughs> but I was impressed with it. And so I've been a giver a long time, and I've road-tested the Word through giving. I know about heaven because I know about giving. 
I know about heaven because I know about healing. Because if that stuff works, then why wouldn't heaven work? People that don't road test the promises, they really don't know about heaven. They're a hoping and a praying. Well, you and I, we know some things. So we have to ask ourselves, are we this believer? This is the question that comes up at River Church, and it should come up everywhere. Are you and I the believer? If this was the test of a believer, are we this believer? That we could ask anything and have a confidence that it would happen. Over in Mark chapter 16, the word says, these signs shall follow those that believe. So that there it is. It's, the, it's like, what's a believer? Well, I go to church, and I'm not mad at uh, the preacher. I don't like him, and I don't like what he preaches, but I'm not mad. Well, that's not the sign of the believer. The believer is, Mark 16, and right here, if you're asking the kingdom. He's telling us to ask for some things. It's not just the thing here that says, I got a Christmas list. It's that he's putting things in our heart to ask him for him. Not just for you. You know, I don't have anything. I just want to live simply, so I'm not going to be using these verses. Well, it's not about you and me. It's about the kingdom. Asking him. We're asking him for Tuscaloosa. Aren't we? We're asking him to give us Tuscaloosa. Because Psalm 2 says, ask of me and I will give you the nations. So we're asking him for Tuscaloosa. We're, we're starting small. We're starting where we're blooming where we're planted. We've reached out and said there's some things about Alabama that are significant to the Lord Jesus. He likes Alabama. Besides that, he's going to do some things here that are going to be preeminent among the states because he takes the things that are weak and, and uncomely and exalts them. And Alabama is certainly that state. We, we, are, the, uh, we are not our reputation across the nation not here so much, but across the nation, is, oh, my, you're from Alabama. Oh, my. Oh, my. Bless your heart. And he's going to take that and just say, just nobody, nobody will think Alabama did it on their own if I do it through Alabama. Everybody will know it couldn't have happened if God didn't show up. So here we are. We're in Alabama, and we're tuned in. So he wants us to ask him some things so that he can do some things. Now, you have to be a person that doesn't have to have it tomorrow. You know, everybody can last in their faith a day or two or a week or two, but what if you had to wait 10 years? What if you had to believe God for 20 years? I remember uh, uh, Brother Hagin praying out some prayers about Israel back before Israel was a nation, praying out those things. I remember him praying about things for 30 years and suddenly kicked over, and he's not the only one. Right now, uh, there are, uh, uh, during the Kavanaugh, Hearings. And you heard Joe talk about uh, that same uh, spirit got on the Kavanaugh accusers that, that got on Jesus, where they mocked him and demanded he be crucified. Y'all remember those passages where they would not be assuaded with a known uh, criminal and have him, they wanted Jesus. That's exactly what happened then, and Joe brought that out. Well, we're in that same atmosphere. And so uh, during the Kavanaugh hearings, uh, several well-known ministers that are prayer people, they got them a room in D.C., and they stayed there the whole time. They left their families, they left their ministries, they just, and separately, not together, they camped out and just prayed that thing out. Well, that tells you how important that little thing was to the future of the nation, which is the future of the church. Now, we're good, we're going to heaven when this thing's wrapped up, but he's not through. I said, the Lord's not through. 
He's got some stuff to do, and the devil knows it, and so he's trying to change the timing of the end days and the timing of the return of the Lord and the timing of the glorious church. The Bible says in Ephesians that he is going to present to himself a church glorious without spot or wrinkle. Well, apparently there's some work to be done on that or some, you know, lining up. So I said all that to say that uh, we got to be that believer. We cannot be the hold your hand believer and get it done. Y'all know those Christians. Used to be one. Hold my hand because I'm afraid and I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm a worm and I don't want to, I don't want to be used of God because I'm afraid and all that. Well, now it's like, ah, where's the devil? I want to go there. I'm asking for him, like, because I can take him. Y'all ever seen these boxing matches where they can, you know, they're so boastful and so arrogant and everything and you are such a, a weenie, you're such a puny thing and I'm going to knock you out in the first round and all that and all that. Well, that's who we are actually. The devil thinks he's got it, but he doesn't. We have got this. Um, look in John 14, uh, verse 6. Let's just slip back up to verse 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let's say that together. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And then to qualify that, what does that mean? He said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, generally that's translated to mean going to heaven, and that's absolutely true. But it means anything. You can't, you can't get your prayers answered without going through the Lord Jesus, which includes good works. You can't just say, Lord, I'll do this if you'll do that. That's, that's not Jesus the way, the truth, the way with the truth for the life. So everything we do, it's got to be done with Jesus. So uh, when Joe Morse was here, we sang, those, we sang our revival song. And then we sang, what's, what do you call that song? The Revelation song. And uh, it was a worship song, and the presence of God came in here, and we had a great meeting. So the Lord's, he's tuning us up. He's getting us ready where we like what he likes. I mean, we could get those songs out there that got the great song and got the, uh, the music and all that, and, then, and then, then they just throw lyrics in there that don't make sense, asking God for stuff that he's already given us, and asking him to do things that he's already done, and they're, they're unscriptural. Well, we could sing them, and everybody likes the beat to them, just like we like the revival song beat. I, I, I get excited every time I hear that song. And it's a bunch of guys, they could be in a honky-tonk, just, just, just two inches over, and it's honky-tonk. But it's not. It's awesome. It's wonderful. I like that, and so do you. we got to get ourselves where we're getting ourselves where God doesn't have to hold our hand. We're setting a bar in the kingdom down here on earth, that he has said in our heart. That's why, that's why we read this thing about the company of the committed. It, it, it sort of it takes the fuzzy out of the borders and the boundaries and says, whoa, this is, there's no more gray. This is the no gray day, this, this confession. And you may not can get around all of it. You, you know, it, you, you, you got to kind of like putting a tire on a wheel. You, you kind of have to use a, a big bar and force it in. But that's okay. Just keep on praying it out until it flows out. We're all working with stuff inside. Are y'all here this morning? Amen. So now go back to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Now let's just establish a real basic thing here. It says in verse 1 of chapter 1, in the beginning. So what? when was that? Well, it was when everything started. In the beginning... 
That's before man was around, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus, well, let's read on. The same was in the beginning with God, and here it says, all things were made by Him. Him who? Him the Word. The Word made all things, and it says, and without Him the Word was not anything made that was made. Now the clue there is, is that you're not going to make anything without the Word. Wishing and hoping and being good and not being bad, and he's not going to get it. It's the Word. Even the Lord, who is who by definition is good, he is goodness, he had to take the Word and create. He said, light be. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So there's where we go to John 10.10 10 and say, uh, Jesus said, uh, I have come that you might have life. And have it to the full, have it to overflow, have it running over. So Jesus is the word there. Verse 14 proves it. It says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So just slip over to chapter 8 of John. We're just nailing down faith. We're just nailing down faith, any little dark corner, any little place in your life where it's, uh, it's not full of light, full of boldness, full of uh, uh, an aggressive outlook about the devil. We're not afraid of the devil. Keith Moore sings that song, Demons Are Afraid of Me. It's one of my favorite. And I, I singeth not, I can promise you, but I sayeth much. So uh, I, demons are afraid of me. I walk around saying, devils are afraid of me. That's pretty bold. Most people do not want to stir up the devil because they're, they're not really sure that you know what I'm saying. It says in chapter 8, verse 31, you know this verse very well. Jesus said uh, uh, to the Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, in my word. So scripture right there is, is uh, of the Lord's. Then are ye my disciples indeed. And disciples, it says here, disciples that continue in the word. Disciples that continue in the word shall know the truth. Disciples are believers that continue in the word. So you could be a so-called believer, born again, going to heaven, a believer of sorts. You believe enough to get born again. But if you're not a disciple, I want to be a disciple that continues in his word. Go to church all the time. Read the Bible all the time. Listen to a tape or watch a, a video or whatever all the time. Because I want to continue in his word. Because then he says you'll know the truth. Well, what's that do for you? And the truth shall make you free. Right there. We go through three steps or four to get from, uh, from who you are to what you want, which is freedom. Without freedom, you can't do anything. You're bound. Matter of fact, the scripture says, let's see, I wrote it down. 2 Timothy 2.9 the, the Bible says the word of God is not bound. The word of God is not bound. Now, you know it's like everything. You don't even know how bound you are until you get free of something. Suddenly, you know, uh, something you're going through and you've just acclimated to it, put up with it, got where you can uh, deal with it. When that's taken out of the way, all of a sudden, the weight lifts. All of a sudden, wow, how marvelous that is. That's the way most of our lives are. Keith Moore tells of the time where he asked the Lord, 
that if he could experience a whole day without the anointing, without the presence, the physical presence, the grace to help in time of need, so that he would know what he was working under all the time. And so I don't know how it worked. I don't know why he asked. I just heard his story. And he said, uh, so he did. He went a day without the anointing. And he said he just he wanted to cry and he wanted to die because it was so arduous. It was so. Well, that's the way the world's working, walking around all the time. No wonder they're cranky. No wonder they're gripey. You, you know, I always thought that the Yankees up north were cranky because it was cold all the time. And sure enough, it got down to 30 degrees as we were driving through Vermont. It was 30 degrees. And back home, you know, y'all were in the university was full of flip flops and little shorts and T-shirts, you know. And those people up there had on coats and, and uh, it was 30 degrees. So I always said the, the Yankees are, and if you're from the north, I don't apologize. I'm just noting those things, that they're cold all the time and they have to stay inside all the time. And, you know, I'd be cranky, too. But it could be that we're cranky because we're not free. We need to be free in our money. I can tell you River Church is under a real grace right now, uh, whereas we've always paid bills based on the day after the offering. And thank God we always got it. I mean, thank God it was there. I mean, it, I'm not saying we never had a bill late. But we didn't pay bills on Wednesday. We paid bills on Thursday. We paid bills on Monday. We didn't pay them just because they came in. You have y'all ever heard of that before? Where you just, you wait for it because you don't want hot checks. <laughs> and, uh, but right now, right now, we, we're not under that. And I can tell you, it is just, it's just, it's a blast to just have that. And I got a taste of it, and I want it for every area of my life. I want to know the truth. Somehow we tapped into the truth of, of His goodness. So uh, the truth will make you free. This is the truth. This is the truth. And so when, I, when I'm really, I've been on this for two years now, about the truth making you free, about being a people that had no life apart from the Word. No, no dependence. No, no weight on anything that was not word-based. Unwilling to be unequally yoked with anybody. Putting no weight on somebody's promises. Well, you know, that, so I'll do that, or I'll bring that, or I'll, you know, I got one of these pretty soon. <laughs> Had a man ask me the other day, said, uh, uh, I'm in a project. He, he doesn't even go to this church. I'm in a project. And if, if uh, River Church would put $4,000 in this project, then in four or six weeks, we'll be done, and, and this thing will pay your four back and four more. And I said, sir, you have no idea. That is not in our mission statement. That is not who we are. That is not what we do, period. I mean, I, I love every one of you, and I'd, I'd let you have all my children to, to keep uh, to, for a season. I mean, I trust you with everything. <coughs> But I'm not loaning you $4,000 with the promise of 4000 more. <laughs> and you're not loaning it to me either. But it was just the audacity of that, how people think. This, this is a Christian man. And uh, we don't do anything except for the Word. Are you all that way too? More and more, we've been burned. You get it by revelation or tribulation, you've been burned enough to say, we're going to get this from unction from the Lord. So I wrote this down. I want to just share with you what I wrote down. What, there's something that's the same. 
It's called by different names. It's kind of a DBA, a doing business as. And I, I wrote these things down based on these verses. And so I would say the first word was Jesus. So we just say, well, Jesus. He, he was the, that was the name of the word made flesh. He was a man. And the Bible says he had divested himself of all his divinity and became a man like us. It's the only way he could pay the price for us is if he went to the cross as a man, not as God. But so here, based on this, the words of Jesus are the same as Jesus. No different. Well, I, you know, I, I believe in Jesus, but sometimes the Bible has discrepancy. I built a fence around it, and it's true. Sometimes there's some hard sayings, but it's all true. Then I looked at the written word of God is the same as Jesus. So words he tells me in my heart, and you know, there's some, sometimes there's some ambiguity there in our interpretation, but if he speaks something to you inside, I'd run with it. I trust it. Now, he'll bring a witness out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word shall be established. But I'd go with it and, to, and wait for the witnesses. That's how I got to Alabama. We heard the word. <laughs> it was a strong, it was a wild word, go to Alabama. But then we'd look over at this, uh, we were at this hotel. And, and I'm not telling you this is what did it, but I'm just saying it was everywhere. We heard, uh, we come back from Amarillo, and we heard the song, Sweet Home Alabama. I'd never heard that song before, but suddenly, and I liked it. And then we were at uh, the uh, the uh, uh, some the Hotel Royale, and we had a courtyard. And we look over in the in the bushes, and there's a a, a iron cover, and it says Vulcan Ironworks, Birmingham, Alabama. Now I know that's crazy, but I mean everything was lining up. People were calling us and saying. Well, I just been to Alabama, and it just was everywhere all of a sudden. Go with God. Go with the inside uh, witness and go with the—I'm getting off subject here. Uh, the truth. The Bible says here, he says, I am the truth. So if it's not Jesus, guess what? It's not truth, and if it's not truth, it's not Jesus. And you think, well, that's an automatic. We wouldn't do anything. Well, we do it all the time, things that are not the truth— but we say we can shoehorn that in. We can, we can squeeze that into our life. It's not truth, but, but close enough. Just saying. Uh, Jesus said he's the only way to heaven. That's Jesus. He's the only way to heaven. And you're going to see more and more. You're going to have assault uh, 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 on that. Have you all seen the bumper sticker that says coexist? That's absolutely. Or the bumper sticker that says I was born right the first time. In other words, you don't have to get born again. All that stuff's coming. It's already here, but I mean, it's going to come in spades. Uh, I went to uh, Barnes & Noble uh, a few weeks ago and went to the men's section. I was looking for a particular book and, and kind of wandered over to, around the aisle looking for it. And there was a whole section of books by atheists that talked about the problem is God and, and the, 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 the lie of God and just whole bookshelves of books catering to people that want to explore atheism. Um, another one is the only way to live, God, to live life is God lives it. That's Jesus. 
So these are all words that, 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 that say the same thing. So I've decided, and I think you are too, I've decided to be a lover and pursuer of truth because it's got so many benefits. It's got everything I want out of life. It's in truth. I want to be free. I want to live life like God lives it. I want the way. I want to not be uh, uh, confused by many ways to heaven. Well, if I do these things and if I don't do those things, will I go to heaven? I like that. Just saying, nailed it. I got Jesus. I nailed it. Let's move on. I'm a pursuer of truth. It makes you kind of obnoxious sometimes to be around people that are not. Y'all know those people. <laughs> Uh, it makes you kind of rigid sometimes. It makes you, as you're working through this part of your life, to, uh, to, uh, to cut off. You start cutting things off and say, well, that's not truth. I don't want nothing to do with that. I used to like, well, let's see how it plays. Let's see how it runs. Let's see. You know, it might have something good in it. Nope. Nope. It gone. Amen. So then you get into... Uh, uh, you get into stuff like investments or something like, well, should I invest in this? And I'm not giving you all investment advice, but I'm just saying it comes into every part of your life where you go, well, the Bible says if you give, men will give to you. Press down, uh, shaking together, press down, whatever it is. I get this mixed up. Running over shall men give into your bosom for the same measure that you meet or give. It shall be measured back to you. Well, then you got to say, well, should I invest? Well, I... I'm not commenting on this, but I'm saying you have to you have to analyze it. Should you be cremated or buried? You got to go in there and say, well, what's the truth? Everything comes up if you want to deal with it, but it answers questions in your life. Once you see it, you go, well, that's clear as a bell. I never saw it before, but now I see it. And you can move on to to life or a life of, of revelation because you're not encumbered by the little things. By the questions. In other words, you settle things. And once it's settled, then you find out the Lord can pull back a curtain of things that you never even dreamed were in your dominion, in your realm, in your calling, and you're like, let's do that. I, you know what we say. It takes, some, for some people, it takes all of their life to live their life. And it's these people that don't deal with truth. They don't factor truth into their living. Therefore, they're, they're always making decisions, always wondering, well, should I watch, Harry, should I read Harry Potter? Well, we had a family in, 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 in the church that was just adamant, had all the Harry Potters, but had all sorts of nightmares in their children and all sorts of issues that you go, well, of course. And, the, and, and you, you go and speak about that, and it's like, no, I'm not giving it up. These are very wholesome and very, you know, and all that. And you go, you just don't have the truth. Y'all see what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not calling that out. I'm just saying it's the truth. It's not that you logically say, well, look at this chapter and look at this character. You just say, you can tell this is not truth. I was getting my hair cut the other day, and uh, uh, the, the, the girl that was cutting it, she said, do y'all know any churches that do trunk or treat? I don't even know what that is. I assume you can go and get goodies because she said ah, my kids we need we don't want to do the halloween thing or the trick-or-treat thing and we want but we want stuff and uh the lady that was sitting over here said uh, oh sure my church we blow it up we have all sorts of things 
And another guy that was sitting there, he said, well, yeah, we, we, I don't even know what it is. I told Deborah Ann, I just step into stuff. You know, I don't just preach here. And I said, what is this thing about walking around with like a demon or a ghost or a witch? I said, what, what does Jesus got to do with all that? And, you know, you'd think they'd been mad at me, but all three of them stopped and said, you know, never thought of that. Never thought of that. Why would we walk around if we're all Christians? Because they all had a church. Why would we walk around like demons and witches and uh, death? Why would we? Now, my point's not here to talk about Halloween. My point is to say the truth sets people free. And that's the freedom you and I have is because of truth. It's not because of your race or your gender or your... It's nothing except you just know some truth and it has set you free. So I've decided, and I've said this before, that truth is the dividing line in my life. It's not, well, how much money do you have or how smart are you, how much education you have. It doesn't matter. It's how much truth do you have. And you catch whatever you pursue. If you're a casual observer, you don't have much. It, it's called good enough. But it always gets you in trouble, and it never identifies itself. So that I'm the trouble. I'm the reason you're having this trouble is because you believed a lie. You know, funerals and stuff where they always talk about God needed a rose. That's not truth. That all came from somebody being a really sweet Christian in the church, a really special, diligent, activist Christian getting some disease. And no one can explain it because they're good. If they can't make it without cancer, well, then I can't make it without cancer. And so they're, they're upset. The family's upset. The, everybody's upset that how does this work, that this good, good person, if your salvation or your life is built on being good, like Colin said one time, uh, we, were, we were going home, and, 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 and his mother said, we're having salmon we're having salmon croquettes. And he said, what? I gave him the offering. <laughs> he hated salmon. <laughs> I gave him the offering. Well, that's the way most Christians are. It's like, what? I gave him the offering. What is this? So they invented this doctrine, this, this lie to cover up the, 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 uh, the discrepancy of good people don't have trouble. Sure we do. I said, sure we do. But we just overcome it. But it comes. <laughs> Do y'all know it comes? I've passed down some marvelous opportunities to be terminal. Some marvelous opportunities to, to have no money. And ah. We had a family come one time. I, I hope y'all can't figure this out. But, uh, you know, that said, that said, if you don't change your doctrine from the pulpit in this one area, we will be leaving. And they were 30, let's see, 28 and 9. They were $3,700 a month. Now, I don't know where your world is exactly, but as pastor, that was a real nice world to be in. And it's true. That's what they were doing. And they said, you, this has got to go. We don't agree. And so we had, we had like Brother Hagin used to say, don't let it hit you on the way out. He always used to say, E-X-I-T, don't let it hit you on the way out. Well, so we had to make that call. We had to make that call. Y'all know we had to make the call because if you don't live for truth in those clutch moments, 
the door shuts to, to all the rest of the truth. You, you can't have more truth if you deny or turn on truth at that place in your life. You've got to go around the mountain and pass that test again. Have y'all passed a few tests eventually? I've been around the mountain on several things because I just like I wanted it both ways. I wanted the Lord's blessing, but I wanted to not let that get away. $3,700. Y'all can figure it out. That's, that was good. <laughs> and sure enough, EXIT, they left. They never came back after that little, I got a letter from them saying, we be gone. I could tell you all, all sorts of stories where the devil just took them and thrashed them. But it wasn't, the, it wasn't God mad at them. Um, so truth is the dividing line in your life. You're not looking for more money. You're not looking for a bigger house. You're not looking for a faster or a paid. You're not even look, looking to be out of debt. I know that's a big mantra. Everybody needs to be out of debt, and I'm all for it. I like that. That's, that's good. But that's not what you're looking for. If that's your goal, you're missing the goal. You're going to drive by that and not even know it's back there. Your goal is to find the truth because the truth will make you free from... It's just good money management. You're, you're not looking for healthy eating. I'm all about it. Well, not all about it. I'm somewhat about it. I had a bowl of ice cream last night, matter of fact. <laughs> you know, my doctor, last time I saw him, he said, you've been eating ice cream. <laughs> I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> Me and Deborah Ann like that, uh, that uh, Cherry Jack, Black Jack Cherry. We like it just fine. So it's not even good, healthy eating. Although, do it. I'm, I'm doing better. I really am. It's truth. I know French fries are not good for you, but they, you know, there's a lot of things that you can associate with things that are health-wise, that are financial-wise, and you can get stuck on them. I've met these people. I'm, I've been with these people that they, they, have you read this book? And if you, are you, and, and in my own family's extended somewhat, they like, you got to eat this and you can't eat that. It, we're missing it. It's true, you shouldn't eat that, and it's true, you should, you, are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? It's just that, but our focus is truth. What's truth? By his stripes, you are healed, whole, and healthy. If you don't have that, you'll just have some facts, which, because there's 10 million books on how to be healthy and how to, you know, you don't even, they don't even know. There's no consensus on that, but you just know you're supposed to eat cardboard. That's, that's generally the bottom line. You're supposed to eat cardboard, and... Uh, some that's not got acid or, or dyes or, you know, artificial flavors. And that's all. That's all you can eat. But I can show you one that says chocolate's good for you, and I believe in that. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I'm just going to say these things, and then we're going to go on because we're going to receive the Lord's table. So um, when you start looking for truth, when you change your tilt, everybody's got a tilt. And when you're on a health kick... You have a tilt. Everything you see, everything, food is everywhere and exercise is everywhere. And so those people, they see that. They see everything in those terms. And, and money people, when you get over on money, for example, just for example, then they see everything in the terms of what's it going to cost and, and I, I'll have to take money out of my investment and it's earning 2% and everything, everything, everything is based on that. It, it becomes the truth filter. Are y'all here? Let me just get through this. 
And so I'm not, I'm not saying any of that's bad. I'm not because all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. So I know French fries are terrible. They're terrible. And I will not eat them unless they're hot. I tell her when, when I order them. On the, I, rarely I do, but every, once in a while you've got to have one. And I say, I want them hot. And when they bring them out not hot, they're not worthy. They're not worthy. It's like, I'm not going to eat these cold French fries. This thing is, this thing is terrible for you. They're going to have to make a case for going down this magnificent body. And so I, they take them back, and they bring me hot ones. And I justify eating them. My point is not to, to abandon ship and eat with no abandon. My point is just to get on truth. And once you get on truth, then you can sanctify food. You can sanctify it because it's truth. Because Paul said, said everything can be received if it's received by faith and sanctify it. Uh, but like I said, all things, are, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. So don't eat all of it just because it's lawful. And, and uh, the same thing with money. Don't not have investments because it is lawful, but it's not always profitable. I don't, li- I don't believe in budgets because budgets cause you to take the Holy Ghost out of your giving. Unless, unless it's a kind of budget that... Uh, but when I was farming, they looked at my line line budget... I went in, I said, I need $200,000 to make this crop. And they, they made you list what you needed. Well, in my personal, I had to borrow my personal. It had tithe in there. And they said, this has got to go. We're not, we're not financing your tithe. Well, right there in my little young life, I had a big crossroads. Was I going to take the tithe out of my budget so I could get financing for farming? Or was I going to stay in my ground? It was tough. I mean, it, the truth that sets you free. And so I, I uh, negotiated the words and put it under another caption, and then I tithed. I made them happy because they had to be happy for the committee, the examiners, and I had to be happy because I was giving. Truth. Say, I love truth. We're going uh, I'm, I'm, to finish right here. Fear not, Michael. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. So let's, let's just turn. Let's end right here. If Genesis chapter 15. We were already there, but let's just go there. See, we're not preaching on you, you giving up sin and, and do good, don't do bad. That, you, that's not what you are doing. That's not where you are. That doesn't feed you. You know, we have a conscience. We know the word. We know to do right. We know when we don't do right. That's not what we're going to preach here. We're going to preach about priorities you got so many things that you want to do, should do. Which ones are on God's list? And this is on God's list. So I'm going to say, you're going to put your own word in there because you're not Abram. <laughs> so I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to put he in there for God. So I'm going to speak to me and I'm going to point to me and I'm going to say, say it with me, fear not, Michael. He is thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Let's do that again. That was good. Fear not, Michael. He is thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now, that's truth. Fear not. So if you get wonky eating French fries, because, you know, it's just like, oh, these things. I, I, I just took 17 days off my life 
you know, because now I do have to admit those cheesy fries with the bacon on them, uh, they, 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 they give, I'm not really, they give me pause, but I eat them anyway, so I just get past it. But I'm just, my point is, get the truth in, and then you can do just about anything. They say, now, this is just they say, Curry Blake says that he's never had a vegetable. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> he said, I, I live by the word. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to misquote him, so I, but I've heard him say it. I don't eat vegetables. I don't like them, don't want them. I live by what the word says, and that's the way it is, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine. See, I know, and, and, and you would think that I'm saying don't eat vegetables. I'm not. I'm not even saying regard that at all, because we all got to live by our own faith, by our own measure of truth. You got to, the, 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 the mandate on my life, and I hope that, that I've done that this morning, is to preach the word and live my own personal convictions. Don't preach to you about French fries and, and investments and, and stuff like that, budgets, because that's not the word. But I'm going to preach the word. And then out of that, the word, the truth, you come to some convictions, some, some, uh, some, some things in your life that, uh, that guide you in truth. But it's got to be truth. I'm telling you, you get with family, you get with friends, you get with other church people, and you say anything that you just think is common and everyday and everybody knows this and does this. And they go to war. You start hearing swords rattling and knives coming out. And, and, uh, and you go, what? What? What do you mean? You believe that God needed a rose for, for his garden? Y'all believe that trash? Yes, we do. And you realize it's not just the heathen and the sinners and the devil's crowd that's against you. We know how to face that. We have to walk careful of these others. But I'm telling you in the barbershop, I said, what does Jesus, what is, what is Jesus doing with witches and death and uh, uh, ghosts? And they all said, you're right. And then they all said, well, I'll see you down at the store. I've got to get my costume picked out. You know, <laughs> it changed nothing in that moment. <coughs> Let's receive the Lord's table. Praise God. This is special. There you go. There you go. We're talking about the blood and the broken body of Jesus. And we have to be reminded. That's all this is, is we are stirred up and reminded. But in this reminder, we can receive healing and restoration in our life. It's a good time to let go of people that have accumulated like dust in your house, that have accumulated a... Uh, uh, a little irritation in your heart, even undone forgiveness. Thank you. I appreciate that. And so it's a good time to just like it's on your calendar. Once a month, we just come to the Lord's table and we make sure we dust the house. Nobody sees dust falling, but I promise you it's falling. So we're going to dust the house. We start with the the wafer, which represents, because Jesus took bread, and he said, this is like my body. Well, this is my body. And uh, he said, you, and it was a loaf. It was not a loaf, but it was a, uh, the Jewish bread. It was that flat bread. And they all broke off a piece of it. 
because each one of them was in the loaf or in the in the whatever that is. I don't know what it'd be a flat loaf, I guess. They were all in there, and we're all in him. We're in him. When he went to the cross with our sins, we were on the cross with him, so that when he raised from the dead, we were in him. We were resurrected to new life because we were buried with him and we were raised to new life. Hallelujah. I am, I am raised to new life. Are y'all? We are raised to new life. There is no sin in us. There is no condemnation on us. There is no unrighteousness in us. We have nothing to be ashamed of. No guilt or shame in our lives. Every bit of guilt and shame is in our head. It does not affect us who we are. And we just, we just get rid of it up here. Well, the Lord's table is a place to get rid of it. So, Father, we thank you for the broken body of our Lord Jesus that, he's, that he allowed, you allowed him, Lord, to be smitten and beaten for the cost, the price, the judgment of sickness, disease, pain, and trouble in our bodies, in our souls. Lord Jesus, you, you gave everything so that we could have everything. So we remember you now. We remember you and those stripes laid upon your body. We remember you where the, where the life that you had was poured out for us. And Lord, now we refuse, based on that truth, we refuse to let sickness, disease, or pain have any part or lot in our own body. So I'm laying hands on my body right now because I, it's just a moment where I'm just, I'm declaring that I'm his and that the price that he paid was worthy. It was, it was adequate. It was enough that I should never bear pain or suffering or sickness or disease in my body. So I tell my body, body, you're bought with a price. Body, you're not your own. Body, you don't have any right. You are, you are taking a right that is not yours to be sick because you've been purchased out of sickness kingdom. And in Jesus' name, I adjure you, body, line up now. I speak to chronic pain all over this house. In Jesus' name, no more. Back troubles, vertebrae, spine, nerve issues, all digestive, all breathing, everything that is in our muscles, that causes pain, we take authority over you right now because of what Jesus did and what he said we must do. And we do it. Be gone in Jesus' name. And I remind myself, I stir myself up by the broken, the broken body of Jesus that he did it for us. And it is enough. We bless it and give thanks for it in Jesus' name. By his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. By the stripes of Jesus I was healed and I am healed. I stand clean, healed, whole, and healthy. Thank you, Lord. And we come to the cup, we come to the blood of Jesus that was shed. Five fountains were opened on the cross and, and before the cross, uh, in his side on the cross. He was uh, the crown of thorns in his head, his brow, so that we would have the mind of Christ in his hands and his feet. His back was beaten before the cross, and then 
the spear was thrust into his side. Five fountains to make us whole, to make us complete. Praise God. It was enough. The shed blood of Jesus was enough. There's nothing else required. There's, there's no good works. There's no, there's no promises that we can make. It's been done. It's finished. It's complete. So, Lord, we receive this blood, this shed blood price for our own bodies. He became who we were so that we could become who He is. And we declare it now. We are forgiven. We are released. Our past is over. It, it's, it's completely obliterated. It does not, it cannot, it will not go into our future. We are those that have never sinned in that the new creature in Christ is free in our spirit man of any staining or any, 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 any lack or need. We are free. We give you thanks for the blood now in Jesus' name. Woohoo! I'm free. We just forgive everybody. We just loose them. We just we just jubilee them. Every debt. We just let it go. Every debt. Every debt against your brothers and your sisters and your family, your, your children, and the boss, the, the everybody. You you're free. You're free. You don't owe me anything. You don't owe me an apology. You don't owe me retribution. You I loose you now. Father, I thank you for loving us, loving each one of us. Lord, forgiving us daily because of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? I forgot to tell you the good thing I did for you last week. I told Pastor, I told Brother Matt Davis, I said, we always get out at 12. <laughs> and he did. He can go and go. All of us could go. Y'all get up here, you could go. Amen. Well, if you need uh, prayer, we want to pray for you, but you ought to be good. And But we can add to that anything that's not in that. And we will be here Wednesday. Wednesday. Praise God. I bless you now. I loose you to walk in the fullness of His plan and the anointing and grace and authority of His Word. In Jesus' name, amen.